You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is Motormania with Damien Reed. I'm Damien Reed, and I'm joined in the studio with Noel Ebden and Inta Shan Giardo. And as I said just before, we went to uh, a little bit of Thin Lizzy there for a Saturday morning. Inta Shan, fresh off the plane after his trip to Italy to compete or take part or have a look around and uh, and check out the uh, the Italian Mille Miglia. And I am massively envious from uh, looking at your social media posts during the during the course of this week in the Shan. I was looking at the Mille Miglia, not taking part in it because I don't have a million dollar car to take part in it. But yeah, um, obviously it's the parent of our event that takes place in December. So everybody who's listening to this can actually go and see the Mille Miglia in Dubai in December from the 3rd to the 7th. But in Italy, it's the original rally. It's been running since 1927 uh, and it's near 100 years old. The cars of 1927 to 57, it's called the most beautiful race in the world because the cars are stunning. And, the, and the, the backdrop and the land around that there also uh, amazing. The cars are just sensational. And epic, they're epic roads. I mean, the route crosses mountains, slides down past lakes, uh, just incredible. It's Imola, does the racetrack. It is four days of absolutely insane driving because you think that these guys are just touring. No, no, they're rallying yeah. hard on the Italian public roads. I mean, obviously, the police are there, etc. And the public are out uh, in droves, just cheering it on constantly. It's an experience like no other. Even as a spectator, it's something to see. I remember when we did it many, many, many years ago, um, and we're probably talking 25 years ago or more, there was a number quoted. There was 15 million spectators during the course of the three days, and they were just people just standing on the side of the road in the middle of the farmers, just people, you know, just dotted everywhere, just every bit of road over a 1,000 miles, there was a stream of people standing either side of the road, and mm. they, they worked out it was around about 15 million people who were just uh, watching the, the parade go, go rec- past at enormous speed. deck chair sales must go through the <laughs> roof. <laughs> I was just, uh, was, was just going to say, I mean, like, if you've got access at the end of your street to the Mille Miglia, you're going to go and buy a chair, aren't you? And, of course. And go and sit there and, uh, and watch them all go past. I mean, and the great it, thing is... It sounds it, like a great day to me. It comes yeah. through your town. So basically, all you have to do is go downstairs. Yes. It, it's 1,600 kilometres, so it goes from Brescia to Rome and back. And you're guaranteed to pass through your pass by your house at some point. So it's the easiest rally you'll ever attend. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Go home, and make a cup of tea, come but, back again. Yeah, but brilliant. it just brings people together. It's just such a... The, the community atmosphere, the way the police, the Carabinieri work with the uh, rally is outstanding. They wave you through, they wave a lot of things by in terms of what you do on the road because it's all part of the, <laughs> yeah. the it, Italy is an extremely understanding country when it comes to Millemilia. But beyond that, like the experience, you get to see all these like celebrities, influencers, they come through, etc. as well. But the rally is just such an extraordinary experience, I can't even begin to describe it. So what did you learn from it that you might bring back to, uh, to, to our one here in the region? I learned a lot about how you make things look very smooth. I was there for a process sort of study, but when you have 400 cars. Yeah. How do you register them? How do you get them moving? How do you do them? And they do an incredible job of making it look easy. Both the authorities, and again, we have a very strong contacts here with the Ministry of Interior who help us. So we're going to be bringing that knowledge here. But really, I just want to bring some of that spirit back. The way that people are standing on the street and cheering on the cars. You don't have to know anything about cars. You just have to go, that's pretty. Yeah. And that's yeah. being driven properly. And the noise. They're on, we were in San Marino, the last stop before I left, which is a beautiful, beautiful, mm. beautiful sunny yeah. place. You should visit there once in a I've never been there. Um, and you get up there at the top and there are these cafes and people are just sitting there and watching cars <laughs> drive past their tables at speed. I love it. <laughs> it's incredible. I love it. It's just, it just gives me goosebumps when I look at those images, thinking it's just, it's just one of those oh, things. Oh, and it was coming down, by the way. Weather does not stop. Heat or rain. 
people are driving. No, and there are no ACs in any of these cars. When we drove into San Marino, it was hammering down, climbing the hill. It was torrential, uh, which made it quite slippery for the cars because they're paved. It's slippery old for pavers. the participants as well, because or the <laughs> yes. people walking, because you might fall down, and the car is also trying not to fall down on you. So it's great fun. Fantastic stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've all been. Uh, checking out various forms of motorsport of uh, road racing type over the past few weeks and we get on mine in a moment but uh, but Noel you were keeping an eye on the uh, the Isle of Man TT uh, an absolutely insane motorcycle race around the Isle of Man I mean what these guys are just on a different planet right they are yeah I mean look it's it's always the if you look at the TT it's and I'm not in any way putting down what they do because it is you're absolutely right it's insane but it's mm. always the same sort of top 10 guys right yeah. and be, they know that road they know it like you would know your own house, right? They know yeah. every single corner. I remember, um, I think it was Steve Hislop used to say that yeah. he used to use the curb in the bus stop on the way down to <laughs> Ramsey to turn the bike. I mean, the fact that they're within, you know, they're using millimetres of road is just insane, but they know it. They know it all. And what you tend to find is the issues are usually further down the order with the new riders that are coming through that don't know it as well. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the records that were broken were just insane. I mean, even the sidecars. The sidecars did a 120-mile-an-hour average lap of the TT, broke the 120 uh, thing. Now, if you watch the sidecars going around, that is terrifying. I, I mean, how they even keep it in a straight line, I have no idea. It's insane. And they sort of lift their shoulders because they don't want to hit the flint wall yep. at... at you know, 280 kilometres per hour kind of stuff. Yep. It's just... Uh, well, Joey Dunlop once lost the little triangle off the edge of his helmet that holds the visor on, <laughs> on the flint wall of the pub <laughs> by the jump at, um, at Ballard Bridge. Yeah. And some guys picked it up off the road after the race and returned it to him in the pits. <laughs> Amazing so, I mean, stuff. just bonkers. It's yeah. one that I haven't been to yet, but I must get to yeah. it. Uh, You've got to we'll, go. We'll do, that, we'll do that one day. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll we'll tell you what, we're going we're gonna to keep... Keep this theme rolling because after the break we'll talk about the uh, the 24-hour Le Mans um, that, that kicked off the 100th anniversary of that one and also uh, a reveal of a new Porsche concept car that's going to hit here, all-electric supercar. And uh, on that electric theme, we'll also in the channel be talking about the Mercedes EQS 80 and uh, all that and a whole lot more. Stick around. This is Motormania. This is Motormania on Dubai Eye 103.8. The UAE's number one talk radio station. Welcome back to Motormania. It's Damien Reed with you with Inter Shangiato and Noel Ebden in the studio. And we've just been talking about various forms of road racing that's been ca- kicking off over the last couple of weeks. And, of course, none bigger than the 24-hour of Le Mans. And a uh, big congratulations to the winning team, AF Corsa, who ran the Ferraris for, on behalf of Ferrari. Um, they, took their, they took the win at that one. Porsche uh, had, a rough, uh, had, a, had a rough weekend, I have to say. Um, the, unfortunately for those guys, it was the debut of Cadillac in in uh, in the in sports car racing as well. Um, interesting that the uh, the cars were running on sustainable fuel as well, so it was a carbon neutral race. All of them, yeah, every car. It was wow. it was, it was a mandated things. So had V sixes, turbocharged, uh, normally aspirated V eights. The, the the Van Wall, the Glickenhaus, seven liter V eights. Mm. Uh, you've got the uh, the two point six liter turbocharged V six Toyotas, the four and a half liter turbocharged V eight. Porsche 963s, uh, which is a great thing about world endurance racing is that you can run all sorts of different engines. The mm. bodywork, once you set the aero, that's it. You can't change it for the season. So mm. it's locked in. But you can do other things with the with the performance, with the with the engine, and then it's all balanced out with what they call BOP, balance of parity, mm. to make sure that they're all quite even. Well, because they've got um, uh, 
uh, hydrogen coming in 2025 as well, haven't they? I believe. E- exactly. Yeah. Yes. So they, they actually ran some hydrogen cars here as a demonstration. Toyota has said that they were, are interested in running a car in the hydrogen class, mm. but they've also said we want to see some competition. We don't want to be out there. Don't want to be the only one on our own. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Porsche. Probably the most synonymous, famous name with with the Le Mans Twenty Four Hour. Um, they they had a rough weekend. They finished in ninth place. It was uh, a very close and intense battle over long stretches. As I said, it was a hundredth anniversary. Uh, the Porsche Penske Motorsport Works team was had misfortune. Uh, all three hybrid prototypes lost ground due to incidents, technical issues with the car. Uh, so they missed out on that uh, that overall victory. This car put out seven hundred horsepower too. It's uh, <laughs> a remar- I had a close up look at the nine six three. Remarkable car. Also, Porsche had their first customer car in a long time. So it was a car that was run by the Yota team with sponsorship from Singer. Uh, and the Yota guys were doing so well. They were doing really well. Uh, unfortunately, a couple of accidents dropped them out um, as well. They, they ran a 911 RSR in the GTAM category. Uh, they got third in that one as well. So, yeah, interesting stuff. But Porsche, but uh, Ferrari, it was a big big win for the for the guys from Marinello because that's the uh, the first win by a Ferrari in sports car at Le Mans since 1965 with Jochen Rint and that was in a 250 LM um, they've won the race nine times uh, sorry the yeah they won the race they won the race nine times in the 60s in that famous Ford v mm. Ferrari era that that's been you know put in films and everything else their first win was back in 1949 with the 166 mm Milia, Milia. Uh, so this was their 11th win. And um, my understanding, talking to people on the ground, is that there's going to be a, a model released to commemorate their Le Mans win. Because, of course. Because Ferrari's, to, well, Ferrari's yeah. working on the F8, the sports version of the F8, mm. and they don't want to release it just at the moment. Uh, I understand they've, they've patented the name Le Mans. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to wait to see what happened on the weekend. Can you do that? Can you paint the word Le Mans? For, well, <laughs> um, Chrysler did it with Pontiac. Yeah, they, yeah, had, that's they true. had the car. That's true. So they bought it off them, I guess. I'm not sure. So we're wait, waiting to see what's going to happen there. But I think, yeah, they wanted to see if, if the car was going to you know, fizzle out. We'll call it something else. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see the uh, see Ferrari release a, an F8 Le Mans to commemorate. Mm. Because the 250 LM was named after mm. Le Mans as well. Well, so it used the 296 engine, didn't it? 296 GTB engine in the bodywork. So. Yeah, so it's a, it's a twin-turbo V6, hybrid power. Uh, but the team was, it was Ferrari by colour and badge. It was AF Corsa. is a team that knows how to run motorsport, and they put the Ferrari stickers on it. AF Corsa employees, I think uh, one of the drivers was was employed by Ferrari, that, and that was it. Uh, but the rest were AF Corsa guys. So uh, an amazing atmosphere there as well. Um, I think you're missing the biggest story, which was for me the Camaro. <laughs> and the NASCAR <laughs> the Camaro. NASCAR, yeah. I did get a close look at that. Jensen Button, <laughs> Jimmy Johnson uh, <laughs> in, in the in the NASCAR Camaro, and it survived 24 hours. They thought if they could get to 12 hours, they'd be happy. It got 24 hours yeah, out of that. And it did really yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, amazing stuff. So, uh, on top of that, yeah, we had a look uh, the the uh, the night before in Stuttgart, before we went down to Le Mans with Porsche, we had a look at their new concept car, the Mission X. Now, this is an idea of the future Porsche electric supercar. Uh, this was in Stuttgart, I said the night before. Coincided with the 75th anniversary of Porsche. I mean, every name of it Hans Stuhl, Walter Roll, Mark Weber, Patrick Dempsey, Peter Sauber, Matt Campbell. Le Mans 24 hour winner so many more were there they and Damien Reed and of course I was there <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the bleachers watching Motomania. all this <laughs> uh, and Motomania representing amongst all of this um, 
they claim it to be the fastest road legal car around the Nordschleife. Um, they didn't give too many figures away about. In fact, they gave no figures away about it at all. But they they said that it um, uh, power to weight ratio of about one horsepower per two point two pounds or one kilo. Mm. So yeah, thereabouts. Uh, that distinction at the moment belongs to the Mercedes AMG one. They say they'll get that easy. And uh, yeah, so at the when we were down there having a look, I bumped into as I said, there's this guy who um, who's a great race driver, runs a couple of race teams for Porsche. And he's done a bit of TV work, apparently. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, the girl's name is McDreamy. I know him as Patrick Dempsey from, and, and he appears in a show called Grey's Anatomy. Anyway, Patrick Dempsey was very happy to have a chat with uh, with Motomania about the Mission X by Porsche. So, so inspiring, right? It just is beautiful, it's sexy, very modern, but yet it hasn't lost its DNA yeah. and identity. So when you see it, you're like, oh, yes, that's definitely a Porsche. You can see the inspiration, 917 in this, all of it right there. It's beautiful color. All the little detail work, just remarkable piece of sculpture. They did a great job of keeping this a it's pretty remarkable in itself. The return of the American race, Cadillac to Le Mans this year, it's just a win-win for everyone in terms of spectators, right? Yeah, it's really good for the American market, too, and to see everybody there, and certainly what's happening this year with the NASCAR guys coming in oh, and doing Jensen NASCAR. Button in the NASCAR yeah, with, it's really with good the for boys. the sport. Yeah. It's really great, and it just expands the, the visibility of it, and it's very exciting. A guy who's a true, true car motorsport enthusiast. Hmm. Uh, fantastic. We actually spent a couple of days just hanging out and looking at race cars and various things. He lost, he had three cars running, lost all three during the night, unfortunately. So uh, it was an early flight back to LA. But he's working on a movie that brings in the spirit of the Mille Amelia and early Formula One racing. Uh, we're going to see that hopefully on the screens later on the year. That's a little inside info. Mm. Um, but also got to uh, catch up with uh, with Formula One competitor, and as I said, twice Monaco Grand Prix winner Mark Webber, who also had a few things to say about the Mission X. Typical Porsche again, you know, every every decade they're producing something extraordinary, moving the needle again. Of course, all electric, you know, with the performance that it has and what they've got in mind, typical Porsche, going to be pretty extraordinary. Mate, I'll tell you what, when was the first time you heard about this project? Oh, I've been heard the mumblies in the background, but um, yeah, I knew something was brewing, but um, yeah, obviously it's tonight's the first time I've actually seen my eyes in, in this format. Yeah, so this takes over obviously the lineage, the 959, the Carrera GT, the 918 spider and this is the next one where could you go from here crikey's i think we should get this one done first you know a lot of incredible works to be done still like you know getting this car on the streets yeah i mean i just optically i, I think it's just something that's absolutely mind-blowing yeah so mark Webber talking about the uh the mission x um yeah all electric hypercar from from porsche on the way um mm. looks amazing not sure any any other details about when it's going to arrive but uh it should be an interesting one yeah, they seem to be able to churn these out quite quick now, these uh, these n- new sort of electric hypercars. Yeah, do, you know. and a lot of electrification is still happening. It's a very big thing. Mm. Shan, you've just been driving the Mercedes as well, the the uh, EQS, a, which is Mercedes' big path to electrification. Basically, it's Mercedes' attempt or shot at Tesla's Model S, and I think they pretty much hit the nail on the head. Uh, it's a big car but it's super comfortable it's basically the new s-class right the new s-class is going to be this so it, it's called eqs but i think it'll just be called s-class in the future it is unbelievably comfortable it has one of those things that i really didn't expect to like but i liked it has a pillow an actual <laughs> pillow in the headrest and you're sitting here like this is weird and after two hours you're like this is the best thing ever and i want to take it home i'm up for that it sounds good yeah, yeah. i mean as you'd expect <laughs> from mercedes it is properly put together. None of this Tesla nonsense is squeaks and rattles. Everything is solidly built. It has an incredible stereo. It's very quiet, but it, you know, being an electric car, 
you tend to hear lots of noises that you don't. Not this one, because the tires, everything is proper. Um, it has this the hyper screen. I don't know if people are familiar with that, but basically it's an edge-to-edge screen that runs across the entire dashboard up to the passenger side as well. Um, really simple to use. All Mercedes systems can be a little bit fussy, but this one is really simple, easy to get to grip with. And you can style it any way you want, from like nightclub to classy lounge bar, whatever you like. Um, very practical, very spacious, tons of space, quick, 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 quick. I was using that every day. The average range is about between 550 and 600 kilometers if you charge wow. it every night. Okay. So that's good. Yeah, you yeah. could go to Abu Dhabi and back effortlessly and maybe twice if you really pushed it. What I liked about the Mercedes motors as opposed to the electric cars we've driven is that they don't get such of a, take such of a hit in the heat. Mm. The ACs work, everything works. You just drive it like a normal car and the range anxiety goes away because you learn to trust it. So it's the most credible electric car I've seen in a really long time. The only demerits, and you've called demerit, is it's not to everybody's taste the way the car looks. It's very, very aerodynamic, so it's not necessarily the Mercedes it's look that we don't. It's jelly mould, isn't it? Very jelly mm. mould. And it is quite heavy. But on the other hand, that's heavy in a good old-fashioned Mercedes way, like a solid car. When it goes over bumps, you feel the car being like, okay, this is good weight. But generally, it was just a pleasure to drive, and I was sad to see it go. And charging speeds, it's really quick as well. I had a 10-kilowatt charger at the office. Come back in the afternoon, it was all fully charged up. Easy Amazing. Visit. Yeah. Mate, well, I'm going to get into the EQE in the next couple of weeks, so I'll be able to, uh, which is the, the, the smaller version of that it's car. It's the same car, but just smaller sausage. Yeah, so um, I'll be able to compare. Now, that'll be my first Mercedes EV, so I'll be able to, uh, really looking forward to that one. It's something you've said before, Damien, that when car makers get into electric cars, that's when things get serious, because yeah. you start going from being hobbyist cars, we're like, oh, this is nice, and they have novelty stuff, but when car makers do it. It's properly built cars. Yeah, yeah, things are getting serious. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, up next, we're going to tell you how not to get scammed when you're buying or selling a car online because they, that is with DeBizzle and we're going to uh, have the guys in the studio in a few moments' time. I'm Damien Reed. We've got Imta Shanjato and Noel Ebden in the studio. This is Motormania on Dubai 103.8. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is Motormania with Damien Reed. Welcome back to Motormania. I'm Damien Reid with Imtha Shanjato and Noel Ebden and joined in the studio now by Chris Milbourne of DeBizzle. Good morning, Chris. Morning, Damien. How are you? Good to see you again. We've been out and about to a couple of uh, launches this past week. It's been a busy week. It certainly has. Uh, now, we're also going to talk about um, uh, something that's important and uh, it's a very hot topic and that is scams uh, online. Lots of people reporting getting fake WhatsApp messages, links to make payments, if you're buying and selling a car on lo- online, you need to be very careful. Yeah, you always need to stay vigilant uh, at any point because, of course, it, most of the time it's safe, but then there's always a couple of bad apples out there that are trying their best to get whatever they can from you. Um, so, of course, you know, we, we see this uh, routinely, you know. Um, and one of the, 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 the things that always sticks in my mind is uh, a check. You'll never accept a check for a car, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, it might seem great that someone's going to pay you in a check that you can go immediately deposit, but then that check will take, it can take two days to clear. In that time, your car could be gone and it's sent off to another country in that time. So never accept a check on any terms, whatever it is, unless you're able to clear that check before you can transfer the car. It's n- do not accept a check in any way, shape or form. Because it is mostly, it, it's a piece of paper until you cash it so it's just trust really with the person you've never met before exactly and then that leads to another thing as well is never give full payment until the uh, uh, sorry never transfer the car until full payment has been received mm. uh 
take get them to bring the cash to uh, the registration office and get the cash there as well. Because again, you're in a public space, so if anything happens, obviously the authorities are nearby that they can assist you with these kind of things. But never fully transfer a vehicle into another party's name without getting the full amount for the vehicle. Because again, anything can happen. They can just drive off and say, no, it's in my name now. I don't need to yeah. pay you anymore. Mm. Which has happened, hasn't yeah, it? I yeah, mean, that, that's yeah. been a, one of the scams happening at, at, at various RTAs around the, around the mm. country where people are just going, well, we've transferred it, um, bye. Mm. Yep. And I think a lot of people don't realise that when you sign that bit, when the, when the guy at the RTA slides that bit of paper towards you and says sign here and gets the other person to sign there, at that moment, that car is no longer yours. Yeah. So if you, even, you know, even make sure you've received it, – it's a bit of a – it's a bit of a – a bridge prisoner swap isn't it it's kind of you know it's a it's a well they don't want to give you the money till you sign but you don't want to sign until they give you the money so you kind of have yeah. to do it sort of at the same time but yeah once you sign that bit of paper the car is not yours and there's also like i've, he- I've heard also you know people saying look uh, i don't live in dubai i'm I, you know uh, can you ship the car i mean what what do you do in that situation when someone says look trust me but I'm not in Dubai. I'm in wherever I am, somewhere else. Just send me the car. How do you get around that situation? So this is a very interesting one here because obviously here is sort of a hub for export vehicles that get exported around the world. You yeah. know, but they go to Europe, they go to Africa, they go uh, parts of the GCC, they go up into uh, Asia, uh, Western Europe and stuff like this. So it's uh, that's kind of a difficult one here to... Uh, to really capitalize on because yes there are people out there that will be trustworthy and they will wire you the money but then it's always that thing that's in the back of your mind am i going to get the full amount what's going to happen to the car are they going to especially with things like paypal because you can just ask for that to be reversed same with a credit card charge right Mm. you can get that reversed within two days and then all of a sudden you've got no car and you've got no money Mm. so it's all it's again you've got to be very vigilant with who you're dealing with um yes there are dealers out there and in the rest of the world that might be interested in your car if they're a trustworthy source, like if they've got a big brand name and everything like that, they're someone that you can trust. But when it comes to someone who's doing it privately, like they're taking one car from you, it can get a little bit, you know, sceptical when you're getting those messages. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's there's a number of telltale signs that, that people need to, to, to be aware of as well. I mean, other things such as, uh, again, it's the, it's the age-old thing. If the car appears too cheap, then there's something wrong, right? Hmm. Yes, and uh, I think this is a this is a conversation we always talk about. It's the difference between Golf spec and American spec. American yeah. cars are a lot cheaper. All import cars are cheaper unless there's something that is highly priced. You know, uh, Noel mm. and I were speaking about unicorn cars before we went on the air. But uh, when you see it, obviously you'll see listings on Divisal. You'll see cars that are GCC spec, and they could be twenty, thirty thousand dirhams more than say um, an American spec car is. Now that's not. A problem, but when it's really undervalued, like say it's fifty to sixty thousand dirhams less, then you've got to be very cautious of what that actually is. And it's always best to have a report on that vehicle, or be it get an inspection. You know, like at Dubai Cars, we have full inspections that you can get any car inspected, and we'll give you a detailed report on every little thing that that car has to tell tell you. Mm. Mm. And it works the other way, doesn't it, as well? Yeah. If, if if you put up your car for X amount, of, uh, Chris and I were talking about this before, you know, if you put your car up for whatever it is, 50,000 dirhams, and someone phones you and says, yep, I'll take that. Yeah, the, there, exactly. There's a red flag straight away. Exactly. Right? And that, that's the yeah. thing when you people say, look, at least come and have a look at the car, because that way you get to eyeball the person, right? Yeah. It's mm. not just like someone goes, yeah, as you mm. say, no, advertise a car for 50,000 dirhams, and a guy phones up and goes, yeah, that's a good price. Um, where do I send the money? Alarm bells, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm actually I'm probably the worst person to say this because I actually have to take people with me to ensure that I will bargain with the person and I won't pay full price or even more. I'm probably a dealer's 
uh, dream walk into a show where I'll pay like listing you. price. Okay, you you will need to take me with you when you buy. One hundred percent. I've got a, I've got my iron car right now. You got to come with Perfect, me after this. Right? I don't charge much. Actually, I'm quite cheap. I, sorry, Chris. I'm I'm like you. I. I figure. Look, I've I've been talking about cars for for most of my life and working on on the media side of the game. So if I see a car for fifty thousand dirhams, I kind of know that that's what it's worth. So I am a dealer's dream in that regard. In that I don't really haggle. I just go, yeah, well, that's that's I've already done the the maths in my head. So we want fifty. I'll give you fifty, and and that's it. So. Yeah, I know. I think Noel, I, yeah. I, I'm not good no, at that. No, no, no. Right. I've, I've just found a new. I've, I found a new job in life. Here we go. Looking after you two. Uh, <laughs> but what about when, for instance, we're talking about you know saying the car's not you know it's it's going to go somewhere else or you know live in another country. If someone says when it comes to the shipping costs, how do you how would you split that? Is that is that up to the seller? Is that up to the buyer? What? That's up to the buyer because obviously this is the car that's being transported to uh, the country of wherever the buyer is located. So that's up to them to pay for those things. I think the only one that you might have to pay is a seller. Actually, no, actually no, you wouldn't because as a buyer you'd also pay for insurance because it's mandatory mandatory to have export insurance when you export a car out of here in case there's anything that happens. Hmm. Mm. Makes sense. Yeah. So, so if someone says that, for instance, uh, you you know you stump up the, uh, the the shipping costs, what does that tell you? As as a seller, if you're the seller, uh, I wouldn't recommend doing it, right? Because uh, again, you're paying for something that you're not doing, right? You're not sending the car there. They want the car to be there with them, so they should be the ones that are incurring the costs. I mean, it could be a, it could be an argument point for instead of a discount. So let's say you're selling your car for fifty thousand, and they don't. Uh, argue with you over the price, but they say, "But can you pay for the shipping?" Yeah. And you're prepared to come down, and the shipping cost is then maybe there's a an argument there. Um, but the key one for me is that, and the way most people have been caught out is you the guy the guy or whoever it is who's buying the car says they're going to pay you cash and meet you at the RTA. Then when they get there, they the, the, they say, "Oh, you know, I couldn't get the money out that much money out of yeah. the bank. Here's the check." In your mind, you've already sold the car. Yeah. You've already spent the money so on something else because you're thinking about it. So you just go, oh, oh, and the hassle factor comes in. Do not do that. Walk away. That yeah. is an that is the most you know that is a huge red flag. Because the temptation is there, isn't it? Like mm. as you say, mentally you've gone. Well, especially if it's a hard car to sell, you go, finally, I've got to buy it for the car. We'll go down to the RTA. It's in lunch. I can get down there before I go back to the office this afternoon, or I've got to pick the kids up tonight, and I just want to get this off my mind. Car's gone. Money in the pocket, and we carry on. Mm. And then when this happens, mentally, you're inclined to sort of make exceptions, and that's yep. where you fall into a big trap. Yeah, and that's what they're playing on. That's exactly what they're playing on. So, yeah, yeah. don't do it. Yeah. Have you ever had issues in the Shan in terms of... Oh yes. Scams, How long do we have? <laughs> I would say How did that. I know that was going to be his answer. How long do we have? Um, I'll talk about my own car because I can. Uh, with my Land Cruiser, I think red flags left and right. It's now painted red because that's the color of the flags that I saw when I drove it. Um, it it just barely barely passed the Tasjil check inspection. It just barely passed. He was smoking, and the guy was just okay. Just about fits into the government limit. And then when I got it back, as Noel will now know, uh, because his <laughs> garage has had a lot of cracks at it. Um, let's just, just say we have yeah. rebuilt everything in this car that involves electricity or petrol, and occasionally metal as well. Yeah. So again, I wanted that car. I was again obsessed with having it. And if you'd asked me now, what was it in my 2021 self? Don't do it. Because, yeah. again, once you've decided on something, that's incredibly dangerous. Mm. And it's sunk cost fallacy. You'll just spend your time trying to get that thing working. And I have. And now it is amazing. But it's just smarter to buy a better car or be patient. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Chris, in terms of, of, uh, of the Bizzle investment, how does then the – what are the steps that someone needs to go to in order to get the verified tag? Because that takes a lot of the risk out of it. Once you see that verified tick in the Bizzle, then you will – you should have none of these issues at all. So what, what are the processes you need to go through for that then? So it's very simple. It takes no less than five minutes. You, may, you Just make sure that you've got your Emirates ID or your passport handy as well. So that's, of course, one of the steps that we use to verify who you are. So you simply just log into your account. You'll see a, an option that says uh, Get Verified. And it'll be a little uh, blue banner at the bottom there. It'll have the tick and everything like that. And it'll say Get Verified. You tap that. You click on it. It's available on the app and the website. You go through the steps. So you've got to upload uh, your Emirates ID. Uh, front and back. Make sure you do it on a nice plain background as well. You don't want any reflections on that. We need to be able to see it clearly uh, from our support team. And then you just got to take a quick uh, five-second selfie video. Don't worry, all of the data is safe. Um, I can 100% guarantee that. Um, and then within three to five working days, your account will be verified. Now, when your account is verified, as you said, this is, a, this is an indication for buyers and sellers to know that you are a trusted person, that you are someone that they can uh, talk to and you're not going to get you know, something, no, nothing's bad going to happen to you. Uh, on top of that, you get higher ad placement, uh, you get that blue, bit, uh, blue badge of trust and uh, a number of other features, including priority support. Amazing oh. stuff. Amazing yeah. stuff. Why am I not verified? I shouldn't have done that. You've no, bought, gonna have sold enough cars. You've bought and sold enough cars. We're going to have a talking to after this. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm in trouble now. You no? get your yeah. own primary listing, don't I you? Should, yeah. <laughs> Not a dealer. Yes. Yeah. Well, look, we're going to talk a whole lot more about this uh, after the break because, uh, yeah, looking after your interests when you're buying and selling a car is uh, is an important uh, important issue. So, uh, yeah, stick around. We've got a lot more motor mania coming up. We've got Chris Milbourne from Debizel in the studio talking about how not to get scammed when you buy and sell your car. This is Motormania. Yes, welcome back to Motormania. I'm Damien Reed with Imtichan Jado and Noel Ebden in the studio. And, of course, we're joined by Chris Milbourne of Debizel. And we've just been talking about uh, how to avoid being scammed when you're buying and selling your uh, your cars. Um, but uh, now we're moving on to uh, summertime. And of course, you've got to be careful with what you've got out there um, in terms of maintaining and looking after your car. And uh, Chris, you've you've got some advice on uh, how to keep your car in top condition during during summer. Yeah, summer's coming fast. It's almost fifty degrees centigrade outside. Crazy, isn't it? Uh, it's getting hotter. And the one thing you've got to really keep an eye on is your tires. And I actually got caught out by the. RTA last week. Um, I failed my inspection on the front two tyres. The inner sidewalls have been worn out. It wasn't due to the heat, it was due to other factors. Apparently the uh, balancing was off. Uh, so I had to get those replaced. Um, now the thing is, uh, trade is very important. You need grip. You know, Yes, slick tyres look really cool, but you're not going to have much grip uh, out there. Especially in these uh, hot weather. Uh, this hot weather that we're having. And then yeah. You need an all-terrain tyre as well, because uh, when it comes to the cooler months, when it, there is a lot of rain here, you need that extra grip. Hmm. So yeah. the one thing you always want to check for is tyre cracking, especially on the outer walls. They're very evident, and while they can be small at the beginning, uh, these can be flagged. So obviously, if you start to see those cracks, you might want to get your tyres replaced, or better yet checked, just to ensure that they will pass. The same with bulges. Um, a lot of times with the sort of mm. tyres that are on the cheaper end of the spectrum, more budget-friendly tyres, they can kind of bulge a bit more often. So you get these air bubbles, and of course, that's not a good sign that you Particularly want Particularly in hot see. weather, that, that happens. If you leave your car parked for a while. So one thing I notice is when you go... When you take vacation in summer, you go home for a few weeks or whatever else, you come back, and that's when you find that these issues happen with tyres. When they're just, the mm. car's sitting still, you've got two tonne or they're about to wait, just sitting there for a couple of weeks, not moving, and the tyre suffers with the heat. Flat, uh, flat mm. spots, but how do you fix that? 
Mm. You get a new set of tyres. Well, there's another way around that. There's an old Middle Eastern trick I can now reveal. There is. Which is basically, if you're going to park your car for a month or two or three weeks, or even a week, you can flat spot in as little as a week, Mm. um, find the max pressure, inflation pressure on your tyre and inflate it up. For example, on my car, it's 45 PSI per tyre. You won't hurt anything. That's a safe, that's a safe legal pressure. Max pressure, park it. So basically, you expose as little of the surface okay. to the ground as yeah. possible. Mm. Yeah. Yep. So it's on sitting as round as possible. It will not flat spot. Yeah. So I, I've been doing that for years. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it does work. So I had a flat spotty tire. Sorry, no. On the topic of uh, pressure there as well. Remember, hot air expands. So don't always fill up your tire when you're driving it to that maximum psi. Like you said, yours is forty-five minus thirty. I think 34, 36 around about that time you don't want to fill them up all the way because of course hot air expands the more air inside your tire the more likely it is to go bang so that's that's something you don't want to happen to you at 120, 140 or even if you're going down to Saudi 160 Mm. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but remember, if you do pump your tires up for the summer and park it, to let them down again before you drive it. Exactly. <laughs> bit, of, bit of consumer <laughs> advice there. Yes, well, it's you, a two-step process. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, you get square wheels. Yeah, yes, exactly. absolutely. Uh, what about in terms of uh, looking after the interior of the car? I mean, plastics crack, the dash cracks, that sort of thing. How can how can you sort of get around that kind of issue with in these kind of temperatures? Fifty degrees outside, you're talking 75, 80 degrees interior, ambient inside the car when you leave it parked when you go shopping or into the office. The best advice I could give you is find somewhere that's shaded or better yet find somewhere underground. It, yeah. it won't be as hot. It will still get quite stuffy in there. But obviously, tents. There's a reason everyone drives around with tinted windows. Say legal limit, I think is fifty percent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously a lot of people have 30 and honestly 30% is pretty dark mm. uh, and that keeps the car nice and cool inside it does get closer towards I think it's about 10 to 15 degrees centigrade higher than the outdoor temperature but it still keeps things nice and cold uh, inside um, I'm not saying it's not going to be burning when you get in you really need to crank up the AC but also don't do that because that will put a lot of strain on your AC Yeah. Um, what you should do is you should uh, wind the passenger window down well, not wind it, push the button. Winding yeah. doesn't exist Wind? in the Winding it to really stretch over the other side. Oh, yeah, come on, uh, no, you've got to press the button to make the passenger side window down. Um, fan with the other door. You might seem like you look a bit silly doing that, but that actually gets rid of a lot of the hot air inside the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, and don't recirculate the inside air. You know, the recirculate button. Switch it off when you first get in the car. Exactly. You People don't realise this. Yes. That, that button exists for a reason. Yes. Use it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and, a, yeah. and another point that was point uh, that re- I was reminded of during the week uh, with um, with uh, cars in the hot weather is that if you're finding that the car's starting to overheat or the temperature is going up, turn the heater on. Hmm. Turn the heater on in it the car. It can save your car. It can because it'll cook. It you, opens a tap. It'll, it yeah, it'll cook car. you personally. But, <laughs> I, but what it does is it, it, it opens it opens the water taps in the, the galleries in the engine because it's the uh, it's the water going past. It's mm. the, the the hot water from the from the engine that Goes actually provides the, the heating. And so, yeah, so yeah. if you open it up, it has a longer path to travel. Therefore, it cools down when it by the time it gets and back it to the radiator. dumps the heat the into your lap, but it's better than dumping it into the engine, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, exactly. that's actually saved a few cars in the desert in the summer for me mm. when yeah. they had overheating problems. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that was, uh, I haven't thought about that for years, but it was reminded, someone mm. reminded me of it this, this week. Is, well, is it a myth or is, is it real? It's actually true. I know. We should, this should, we should write a book. There you go. We should. We should do this. <laughs> Who's going to read a book? <laughs> about saving their car. Yeah, good point. Yeah. A book about a radio show. <laughs> I didn't say it was a good idea. It was yeah. just an idea. Yeah. Well, that's about all we've got time for. 
Uh-huh. We, we can get back and write the book in the studio yep. after this. Uh, but look. Maybe we can post it on Instagram, <laughs> page by page. <laughs> for no one to read. Follow yeah. us Short for more post. consumer advice. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much, Chris. Uh, Chris Milbourne, Jabizzle, joining us in the studio again. We're going to get back in and, uh, and start scribbling away notes and get this book happening. Thank you, Ipta Shanjado. Thank you, Noel Ebden. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is Motormania with Damien Reed. Yeah, so tell us about your car. We'll tell you how much it's worth. This is how it works. We need the details about your car. We need everything that you can possibly send us, in particular the make, the model, the year, the colour, the mileage. Send it to 4001 or via the ARN Play app, or even better, pick up the phone, give us a call, 04871 And, of course, I'm not doing uh, all the hard work with the numbers. I'm joined by automotive entrepreneur Naz Chowdhury. Naz, good morning. Good morning. Good to be back. How are you? Very well, thanks. Very well. Uh, yeah, it's been a busy couple of weeks, and uh, I caught up with you uh, last week. We were having a look at this eight million dirham Zenvo. Incredible! That was such an incredible unveiling, wasn't it? Amazing stuff. And as I said, if you've never heard of Zenvo, well, they're from Denmark. Uh, they build some amazing cars. This car was called the TSRS, just launched here. Um, Incredible stuff. It's coming through the Elite Cars. Yep. So they're the distributor of this uh, this vehicle. For now in the GCC as well. I don't I don't see them selling that many, right? I mean, this is such a limited production run car. Yeah. Um, you know, let's see let's see how they get along. But Elite, I think they've chosen the right partners in the region. Uh, they've been going from strength to strength with lots of brands now. So uh, let's see how they do with Zenvo. Really interesting. Yeah, they should they should do quite okay with it. I mean, uh, even at eight minutes, and this is the thing that I found amazing. We we spoke to uh, to the guys down there. Even at 8 million dirhams, they've sold, not just in the region, but globally, they've sold 40 yeah, of these cars already. I mean, even at the event, there were some the right people walking around, making the right yeah. inquiries, asking yes. the right questions. I was like, is there going to be a sale or two today? It's just such a unique car. I mean, you know, you can always talk about numbers, right? You know, 1,177 brake horsepower, over 200 miles an hour. Um, there's so many of these things within the hypercar range, right? So, you know, how do you find something that's unique? And I encourage all of you guys just to have a quick look at Zenvo online because mm. it has an incredibly unique spoiler that actually tilts yes. as you turn. And this is the world's first in terms of like a dynamic spoiler that turns, yeah. and like pivots off its axis around corners. I mean, this is incredible, isn't it? It's amazing. It's hard to describe, but uh, they it do is. tell us it's, a, it's worth about a second and a half a lap. At the, uh, at the at the Nordschleife, at the Nürburgring, just that, the, having that wind. And it's very impressive for a company like that um, to come from a region like that in Europe, not yeah. from the traditional Germany or Italy, to come up with such innovation. I think one of the the the, um, the owners is ex Koenigsegg, so he probably brought along a lot of experience and expertise as well. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to what they're going to do in the future as well. I think the next one he mentioned is yeah. going to have a full carbon fiber monocoque chassis. So once they get to that stage... They really are competing with the big boys. Yeah, so um, it's 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 a little hypercar corner of the world because they're only an hour down the road from Koenigsegg. Yeah, <laughs> they're, now they're can you imagine they're, test driving up and down towards <laughs> each other's factories? Amazing. <laughs> they're only uh, planning to sell three per year in the Middle East for of yeah. this car, um, but yeah, it's a five thousand square meter factory there. They've developed their own software for it, their own ECUs. They're manufacturing their own wheels on site. The whole lot. And uh, yeah, to be fair, the car, the reason they have, why they've sold 40 so far is, to be fair, the car's been out for a little while now. Mm. It, was, uh, uh, it was launched um, 
it was launched in about a few years ago. The and, TSRS, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, over in uh, over in Europe. So, um, so it's been around for a little while. It was launched at the Geneva Motor Show yeah, in 2017, I think it was. It, yeah, in there as well. So they've they've, they've got there, and it's now here. So that's why. This is just a teaser because, you say, they've got the brand-new car. That's mm. going to be released, and they gave us the scoop on that. That's going to be released in August at Pebble yeah. Beach yeah, yeah, in yeah. the United States at the Concours there. Uh, it's going to be a brand-new V12 engine, ground-up developed yeah. green, uh, V12 engine. Uh, they're only going to build uh, 10 of those, mm-hmm. and that will be in August. It's a full carbon fiber. But this one in the meantime, I mean, this car is uh, it's a 5.8-litre su- supercharged V8 as you say, eleven hundred and seventy brake horsepower. The model that we had to look at was thirteen hundred and sixty horsepower. Yeah, I mean, one thing that's interesting is because it's such a unique and bespoke car. Everything is built by order, right? So he was saying that you know, you come to the factory, you spec it out. How much horsepower do you want? What color paintwork? What type of wheels? So I don't think there are two Zenvos at the same out there. Everything is yeah. custom built, like almost to a bespoke level around the customer's needs and requirements. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's because you know, it's still small enough to 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 be able to do that. Yeah, to craft a was car it saying around five thousand man hours per build or something. Yes, five thousand five thousand man hours to build these these cars. So they're all bespoke. I mean, Zenvo itself only began in two thousand and nine. I drove the first car, the ST one, here in Dubai when it was uh, wow when it was uh, imported and stored by the guys from Park Ferme. They brought yeah. the first one yeah. out, yeah. and we took it for a run out to uh, back when there was nothing in the Al Qudra way. <laughs> go, for, go for a quiet little run out there in what was in. That was Zero the 6.8 119 kilometers an hour, yeah, just below the speed limit. Crazy stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's it, it's going to be uh, – it, it, I think they, they, they'll, they'll move a few cars. It's not going to be a sort of – it's not going to be your first supercar kind of thing. It's mm. going to go to people who already have Ferraris and Lamborghinis and, and that sort of thing. To, yeah. And then they go, this is, a, this is a great one for the collection as well. I also think it's something to do with bragging rights. Yeah. Everybody wants to be unique. Everybody wants to be different. I mean, there's a question out there. If, 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 the, if you guys had $10 million to spend, what would you spend it on? Um, would it be a Zenvo? Is a first yeah. car? Probably not. But as you said, is a fifth or sixth car or... As part of a larger collection, then yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, I was able to catch up with uh, Jens Sverdrup. He's the chief commercial officer, and he's also the chairman of Zenvo. And the first thing he told was uh, that that car, that this car, well, it's yeah, it's often misunderstood. It has a lot of power and all these things, so it's it's sort of it's so easy for the press to put it into like Bugatti category mm. car, but it, it's a driver's car. It's it's about an engaging drive and it's about not being intimidated mm. which I think a lot of hypercars are really intimidating it comes the rear wing which is a radical departure from, from everyone else's scene with a, with a rear wing this wing moves in several different planes you don't see on any other car yeah well A it's not legal in Formula 1 you know I think you might have seen it there if not it does tilt basically in cornering to, to provide more even downforce during cornering that's the idea of it this car has its base in 2007 of course it's, it's like like a Porsche has been evolving so we needed something innovative to make a car that wasn't really meant to have all this downforce to start with you know it's sort of morphed into a different beast so that was a good solution for us mm. to make a more track focused car than the previous cars we had which, which was more the hyper grand tourers you know like very drivers focused grand tourers this is definitely our gt3 rs yeah. if you want mm. if you want to speak uh, Porsche language 
Yeah, so that was <laughs> Jens Ferdrop, the Chief Commercial Officer and Chairman of Zenvo, uh, telling us about that uh, about the uh, the TSRS version of the new car that's being uh, released here through the Elite Cars. Uh, interesting stuff. We've got a text message through saying, uh, talking about the rear wing, I guess, saying it's cool, but why hasn't it happened sooner? Headlights have been turning with cornering for years already. Um, I guess it's because it's if the headlights go wrong, all you do is have headlights going the wrong way. But if a wing goes wrong at, at pace, you, you lose all your downward yeah, So you need to have a, a company that's prepared to uh, to invest in it. Um, but also, too, getting past certain regulations, certain laws in countries, because this car would not be legal in a lot of countries because of that wing, the, yeah. the way that the wing moves around. It does a great job. So I'm the, sure they tell me it does a great job. Yeah, it's the first thing I did when I approached the car and I just wanted to give the wing a good shake because (laughs) (laughs) when you think about it right um these wings take an extreme amount of downforce oh yeah 300 kilograms 500 kilograms you know i think the gt3 rs does about 800 kilograms of downforce with all its aero so that's like just short of a ton of weight pushing down on this thing which is on one pivot in the middle Uh, but it's got two hydraulic struts which look very thick on either side that do the, the the pulling and the pushing to tilt and, uh, yeah, they were very sturdy. I mean, I'm sure I could have sat on that spoiler without a problem. But that, that's – I, I wouldn't test it, but, but that's, that's the thing. not looking. It's, it's, uh, it's such um, – there is, as you say, it, there's so much downforce on a rear wing of a car at pace, especially when you're talking above 200 or even 300 yeah, kilometers yeah. per hour. Massive downforce. And you see in motorsport when a wing comes off, the car literally becomes undrivable. It just spins yeah, off and, yeah, and, and flies then flies off. And normally they've got two braces that hold them down, but uh, but you know with this it has to be a single central brace mm. in the middle, that's almost like a, like a rose joint kind of yeah. thing where it where it moves forward, back, left, and right, up and down. It moves in every direction. Oh, yeah, it does, doesn't it? So that means it's got to be incredibly strong. And, yeah, of uh, course. How they um, how they they handle that? Yeah, I'll, I'll be curious to see. But um, yeah, we'll wait and see. It'll be here in uh, well, it's here now. In fact, I drove past the showroom the other day. It's sitting in the front. Of the nice. showroom, ready to have a look at, and we might even get a, a closer look. We're, I was talking to Jens afterwards, and the invitation is there to uh, to go over to the factory and uh, have a look and go through it. So maybe one day we'll, Very nice. we'll head over and Very nice. see what they got. But if you've got a lazy eight million dirhams lying around, go down to the Elite Cars <laughs> and check it out. <laughs> Casually on a Saturday morning, <laughs> amazing stuff. Right, uh, let's get into the text. And uh, let's kick off firstly with uh, with a, with um, a bit of uh, fix it or flip it. That's what it's all about. So let's start off with Maserati. Uh, I have a text here. Good morning. I have a Maserati Ghibli, a three liter, two thousand and seventeen model. It's the basic model. It's white. It's only travelled fifty eight and a half thousand kilometres. It has the full service history. It's exceptionally clean. Uh, please kindly tell me what kind of price we should go for. Thank you. You know, anyone looking for a used car, this is a lot of car for your money. Yeah. I mean, you're essentially yeah. buying a baby Ferrari, right? And they're, they're relatively practical, great cars. Um, the disadvantage is a first-time buyer, if you were to buy this car new, you do get a bulk of the depreciation. Um, this car would have gone for around 80000 85000 about a year and a half ago, but it's actually crept back up to just over 100000 Oh, really? For a 2017 model. Okay. Yeah. Um, so still a good value. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There's uh, there's good news for you. The, mm-hmm. the prices have actually gone up. Uh, do you find that now that we're in the we can I guess we can say we're in the post COVID phase when everything went a little bit crazy with the market that it's it's it it's stayed there. It hasn't really settled back to where we were pre 
that the prices are still up? Yeah, you know, so many things have happened, right? I mean, one of the major things was the lack of new cars. So in the past, well, 2021, really, the whole of 2021 and most of 2022, there was a huge shortage of new cars. So people were holding onto their cars longer. Supply versus demand means there were less used cars up for sale and the used car prices shot up. I'm looking at cars now that had the same value three years ago. Mm. So an average car owner could have held this car for the past two, three years, as long as it's a used car, and not lost any money on it. Some so, have actually gone up. Yeah. It's just crazy. It's remarkable. It's, it's yeah. managed to, to, to maintain that. I've uh, got another text here from Susanna. Good morning, Susanna. Uh, it, uh, she, she has a Toyota FJ Cruiser blue 2017 model with 165,000 kilometres on that uh no other details on that but the, the fj cruiser again i guess that's that's one that's climbing too because they you can't get them anymore and they're still popular yeah, they're, they've stopped making them i think that this region is is one of the last regions to actually stop selling them we many were the countries, last yeah. many countries stopped selling them like uh, I, I don't want to quote maybe a year or two ago but yeah like alpha team just kept on pushing them and people kept on buying them, right? So yeah. as soon as the, it was announced that they're going to stop selling them, there was a huge surge of people actually get their hands on, like, the final edition, let's say. Um, and it's really maintained their prices because the FJ Cruiser in general is such a solid car. Yeah. The maintenance is peanuts. You know, if anyone's looking to buy a 4x4, that's going to cost them nothing. I remember I had one about five years ago, and there was a crack on the front bumper. I could have sworn it was 280 dollars for a new bumper. Really? Like ridiculously cheap. Like ridiculously cheap. Wow. The maintenance okay. on these things, and you know, we're not even flinching when Susanna says 165,000 kilometers because that's nothing. You know, yeah. I've seen these with three, four hundred thousand kilometers. Um, based on that, I'd say this car is easily worth around 100,000 dirhams today, and uh, it's not going to go down by much. I yeah, mean, you, I've seen the earliest models are 2007, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So just to put it into perspective, a late, late 07, I think they came yeah. out. Mm. Uh, 2007, 2008, with 400,000 kilometers on the clock, is still worth 40 grand today. Really? Just to put it into perspective, yeah. So there's plenty of uh, life yeah. left in this one. <laughs> Fix it or flip it. Let's go straight to a text here, Naz, and this is from Arcelan. Good morning. Good morning, Arcelan. Uh, you have a Nissan Maxima 2015 model, 200,000 kilometres, silver, looking for an expected selling price, or should I switch or flip it? Um, so let's, un- let's go by the first question first in terms of expected selling price. Um, I'd say around twenty five to 27,000 dirhams, uh, regardless of kilometres, you know, these... You know, coming up to 10 years old, it is, it's hit maximum depreciation. It's still a solid Japanese reliable saloon. So, yeah, that's always going to have, you know, 20 or 35 there or thereabouts. Um, in terms of uh, f- fix, uh, well, switching it or flipping it, uh, it depends on your intentions are, really. I mean, if you do have a budget and you're willing to buy a car in finance, you know, if you trade this car in and use it as a down payment, um, then, you know, you can have a choice of many cars around the 100,000 range, you know, over five years. That's 1,500 dirhams a month, um, which would be a bit more than what you pay on the Maxima, but you're getting into a lot newer car for only a little bit more money. So maybe you can use it as a trade-in value to upgrade to a newer car. Okay. Well, that should uh, that that should give you some, uh, some advice on that. Uh, now, we're just talking about um, uh, Maseratis a little bit earlier, and on the line, we have Mohammed. Good morning, Mohammed. 
Hey, good morning, guys. How are you doing? Very well, thanks. Very well. Thanks for thanks for giving us a call. Uh, now we're talking Maserati Ghiblis before, and you've got one. Is that right? A 2017 model. I think it's the same one because you read, yeah, 58 and a half thousand kilometers. You said, remember? Ah, oh, you are yes, the Ghibli yes, guy. Yes, yes, right. yes, yes. I was paying attention. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually, I, um, um, I was uh, completely out of the service zone, and then uh, when I actually got back to the service, and I heard, and I, I received the call, and I was starting calling back. But <laughs> thank you so much for having me on. Um, yeah, so I, I I don't know, like I did not hear anything. The car is absolutely pristine condition. It is in and out there. But there are actually two very small uh, marks, which we call it Dubai marks kind of thing, or Dubai dents, yes, whatever yeah, you want to Dubai dents, that's a good <laughs> one. We should yeah. trademark that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so we had like just two very small one on the passenger side, um, but I am 100% sure that even with a nice polish, they will go. Uh, other than that, it does not have anything. It's uh, 58 and a half uh, thousand now. Uh, 2017, uh, full service history till last year from Maserati. And this year, uh, we actually changed to a Maserati approved but private uh, garage uh, because uh, the price difference was huge for the service. Mm, yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, like I, I, uh, I'm actually thinking of changing it. Um, and I would love to have your advice that roughly how much I think I can get and what shall I go for mm. something similar but you know I want to upgrade a little bit well I think Naz has got some good news for you Naz in terms of values well actually we're going to go a little bit higher based on that description and the fact they've got the full service history and like you said original paint work and extremely low mileage and one owner from new um, I initially said low hundreds but I'd, I'd actually say 115 even 120 um, you, you, okay. you might see them advertised for 125, 130, but like based on the description right, right. you gave me, which is why I always tell the, the listeners to give me as much information as yeah. possible. Um, but sure, yeah, sure. We, we can go up to 115 on this quite comfortably. Because you, you were saying oh, okay, that, the, that the Ghibli prices have actually st have gone up a little yes, bit compared yes, to 12 months up. ago. Like, how long did you buy this new? Uh, no, we actually got it from uh, Maserati, but we it was owned by Maserati. I see. And it only had uh, um, 9,000 kilometers. I see. And, okay. and uh, the first owner is Maserati, and we uh, I'm the second owner, actually. Nice, yeah. I mean, in terms of an alternative, if you're happy with the four-door saloon, it's a very, very, very competitive segment in terms of what you can buy. Mm. I mean, you know, I'm a big fan True. of German cars, <laughs> so I'm not going to like, I'm going to try and do this impartially as possible. But like you've got the Mercedes, so you've got the C, like the C43 is such an incredible car. Uh, BMW 335s, M3, if you want to go down that route. Um, Audi, maybe not so much, but have you looked into the German stuff? Um, yeah, uh, I actually had the uh, Mercedes before. Uh, I've had Audi. I have never been a really great fan of uh, BM because almost everybody else in my family has BM, so <laughs> I don't want to have the same. So I'm going <laughs> to so, pull out my favorite brand and say, what about the Porsche Panamera? <laughs> um, uh, uh, no, I, I don't know. I, I don't really uh, like that. Um, I don't know why, but honestly, I don't know. I, the, the back, I don't like the back of the car. 
<laughs> yeah, they've the, around. Maserati was like the the disruptor into that market. They 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 crashed into yeah. the, the German market yeah. and uh, and and brought this car in. So it's it's given the people an option to look at something that, that is not German. So I understand Maserati owners because they choose a Maserati because it's not German. I'll tell you one. And, co- and it's, di- it's a different it's a different look yeah. and feel and character. And if you are looking for something different, I forget the name. Demo remind me the Alfa Romeo. Mm-hmm. Quattro, Quattro something with ceramic brakes, four door yeah. saloon. Yeah, yeah, the QV, the Quattro. Yeah, yeah. Um, so look into that. That's an incredible car. Okay. Fast performance, I, I, ceramic yeah. brakes. I was actually going to mention if you, yeah, I mean you've you brought that one up. I was going to mention the Stelvio if you're thinking of SUV type things for yeah. similar yeah, money. Yeah, but yeah. but yeah, yeah, you're right. The uh, the the saloon version, the I QV, just forget the name, right? <laughs> is is uh, is a dynamite car. I don't know how they're going. On resales, because traditionally Alfa Romeo is pretty appalling on on resale values, which, which means you're looking yeah, at you, you'll yeah. scoop up if you're looking at near new. Yeah, no, I think um, I will definitely have a look, and then uh, I'm sure Alfa Romeo would be far cheaper as well in that case compared to the other brands. Yeah, um, just just do your due diligence. If it's really good, then I will definitely have a look. I don't mind uh, having something different. Yeah, just do your due diligence on the servicing of those cars, though. The Alfa Romeo might sure. sting you with the QV with the, with the top end model, the twin mm-hmm. turbo model. It might. Ah, so, okay. so, so just just get a just do a bit of secret shopping and uh, see what what a service is on that before you go, jump down. But definitely take one for a drive, and uh, okay. and if it ticks the boxes, you have a look because it is again, it's a disruptor. It's the option to the to the German cars. And one last question, please, before you guys go, um, or before you let me go, <laughs> uh, the. Uh, new Maserati. Uh, 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 please uh, forgive me. I've forgotten this name. It's like a smaller version of four by four, and it's hybrid. It's yes. Called Grezzo, Gresco, or Gresco. Uh, like, what do you guys think of that? Uh, I drove it briefly, and it's um, it's. Uh, I mean, I think it'll it'll do quite well. But they're they're still coming through to to the market, so I don't know how many yeah. are out there. But we did drive it a few weeks ago. Um, go down okay. and have a look and see what they I know they've got some in the showroom down there at Altaya, so uh, get down there. But yeah, it's it's oh, okay. a, it's a hybrid oh, car. Good, but I will de- there yeah. is a, a, a V6 turbo coming out later next year, but at the moment they've uh, you've got the hybrids. But definitely go down and have a look. Yeah, for sure. Okay, definitely we'll do that. Thank you so much. Um, really appreciate having you, and I love your program. Uh, always uh, Saturday, I actually drive out. Just to listen to your program. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> what we like to hear. Look, thanks, thanks very much, Mohammed, and uh, we hope that's given you some advice. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Have a good day. Brilliant. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Uh, glad to keep our customers happy. That's for uh-huh. sure. Fix it or flip it. On the line, we've got uh, Sally. Good morning, Sally. Good morning. How are you? Very well, thanks, Sally. Uh, now you have a Audi Q5 2016. Tell me more about yep. it. It's um, navy blue in colour, it's uh, TFSI, um, 80,000 kilometres, uh, I'm the only owner, good condition, and I'm considering whether I should keep it or uh, change it. Okay, so uh, 2016 uh, Q5, do you have, uh, is it still under an extended warranty or it's uh, you, you, you get it serviced through through the the official dealers, or are you, you find, you've got a favourite service place you take it to? No, it's still being, I'm still having it serviced by Audi. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Sally, quick question. Is it, has it got the S-Line package? The S-Line? What? Uh, no, you're going to ask me vague questions. Sorry. I'm very it's vague. <laughs> bigger wheels and little extra, like, colour-coded trims on the side and things like that. You, 
Like, uh, no, I don't think so. Leather interior and panoramic roof? Leather interior, yeah. Clean and, leather interior. And a panoramic roof. Okay. Yes. So it seems like the full full option car. There is a variant in terms of performance. On the back, it would say 30 or 35 or 40 TFSI. depending. 40. Oh, it's a 40. Okay, there we go. Then most likely it's a full option S-Line 40 TFSI, which puts it on the top end of the bracket for a 2016 model. You know, they do mm -hmm. vary from 60 to 75, even 80,000 dirhams. But I think with the full service history, with it being the top spec model, with uh, being fully loaded as well, I'd say close to 75, 80,000 dirhams, somewhere there. Now in terms of, you know, keeping it or getting... Uh, Fixing it or flipping it, really. I mean, you know, if the car's serving you well, it's been serviced well, you know, these cars, it's got plenty of life left in it, you know, you, you would have to pencil in, I'd say, five to 7,000 dirhams worth of running costs as, as, as it's getting older. Uh, mm. But if you're okay with that and you're okay with, with the car, then I'd say hold on to it, really. Really? Okay. I mean, the one thing that really I find, I don't like in it is the sound system. It just is um, not great quality, that one, so... I, I suppose I can deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's, uh, that, that's give you some, some ideas with that one. Amazing. Thank you for your help. All the best. Brilliant. Thank you. Going straight now to, uh, to Paul on the line. Good morning, Paul. Hey, hi. How are you doing? Very well, thanks. Very well, Paul. You've got a 2018 Ford Focus. Uh, not many kilometres, only 27,000 kilometres. Well done. Um, tell me more about it. Um, first owner, I drove out the showroom in 2019. They were stopping production or sale of them here for the 2019 one, and I've always wanted one. It's not a main driver. I just drive it once in a while. I'm too old to press the clutch too often. Um, and there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, I, it's dealer service. It's, I think it still has a year on the warranty, if I remember correctly. I just want to find out approximately how much it's worth. Okay, so it's a manual, you're saying? Uh, yep, it's, it's, it's the manual. ST, is that right? That's correct. Okay, okay. So quite a desirable car, uh, Naz. There's a one of the uh, the enthusiasts uh, at the enthusiast end of the market. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's um, yep. You know, there's there's a couple of cars which most people don't know about. You know, the Megane RS, the mm. Clio RS, the Ford yep. ST, and many people who, of course, we're in an expat-driven community here, right? So a lot of people do appreciate these cars. Is it in a fancy yep. color, like a yellow or a or, or red? No, or no, no, no. It's a nice, discreet silver. Okay, you just went for it. <laughs> <laughs> you went for a cob color. Um, honestly, I mean, look, with with a car like this, you know, if you were to advertise it for seventy thousand or a hundred thousand, you'd get the same number of inquiries, the same number of phone calls from the same amount of people because. It's only yeah. worth what someone's willing to pay on the day. Mm. Um, you know, if you, sadly we are off season now in terms of you know, the, you know, there's yeah. the car clubs. They go for the drives, the Jebel Jaces, the the, the uh -huh. Jebel Hafids. So you know, if you're not in a particular rush, there's no harm in putting a nice advert on Dubizzle for eighty nine or ninety nine, and seeing how you go. But don't expect much, and don't let that demoralize you because by October, when we get back into that winter season where there's car shows, events, drives. Um, I think you'll get that kind of money all day long, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it, it, it's. I actually got it for a really good deal because uh, Ford couldn't get. No one wanted the the manual gearbox, so <laughs> it, it was actually a really, really good deal. I've been offered seventy four for it, but wow. I'm. I don't really want to sell the car, but I just wanted to find out what it was worth, and you know, if it was worth my while. Because I brand new, I paid driving out the showroom. I paid about eighty five, wow. eighty five for it. Yeah. You get so that it was back. A really, really good deal. You you'll get no. that back. Yeah, no problem at all. See, the, <laughs> the, the 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 weird thing is with with manual cars is that 
not a lot of people are interested in buying them, but there is an enthusiast market that will find them and hunt you down and find it because it is a manual, which therefore helps yeah. with your value to keep that up. To give you an example, yeah. um, a car that we're going to talk about in the second hour that, that I've just been driving this week. It's the new Honda Civic Type R. It comes yeah. in a manual only. Now, this car is going to retail, or it is retailing now, for 199,000 dirhams. Wow. Um, so it's 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 at the top end of the spectrum. It's very you know it's it's expensive. There's no other way to put it. So yep. what you've got there and, and what you bought it for is uh, is I think is remarkable value for people who are looking for a manual car. And as Naz says, you've your options are limited. You're talking about Renault Megane's the Focus ST uh, now this car, and there's not two other options out there. Mm. So not a whole lot of people in the pool looking for them, but those who are will say no yep. to everything else until they find a manual. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, thank you very much. Absolute pleasure. Pleasure. No problem at all, Paul. Now all we're right. going straight to uh, to James on the line. Good morning, James. Thanks thanks for uh, for waiting on. Yeah, good morning, Ken. Yes, good morning. How are you? Very, very well, well, thanks. Very well. You've uh, another Audi owner, but you've got the Q2 yeah. this time. Uh, tell me more about it. Yes, well, actually, it's my, my wife's car. I mean, I had a Q7 that I let go on my wife's Q2. It's a 2017, so it's 19,000 kilometres, um, black, S-line, full dealer service history. And we're looking at basically having one car now, and we're just looking to see whether we should flip it or to um, to keep it. Really, uh, I'd just like to know what it would be, where it'd be worth. Okay, thank you for the call. It, it's quite um, it's quite an unusual car. You don't see many mm. on the road, do you? I mean, you mm. see a fair share of you know the no. A- A- A1s, Q3s. I don't remember the last time see I saw a Q2 on the road. No, no. Very, very seldom, actually. I see just like the occasional one or two. Um, do, do you wave at each other as you drive by? We do. So I think, depending on the spec, did you pay around uh, 170, 180 for it new? I'm just trying to... Yes. Yes, it was around that. Yes, that's correct. S- somewhere there. Um, I'd say it's going to be hard to find a buyer. So, you know, get yourself a nice advert on Dubizzle, present it well, yeah. good photography, uh, always pay a little bit more for a car like this in terms of, you know, a featured advert, you know, so you're right at the right. top because people may not be necessarily looking for it for a first choice because, as yeah. we mentioned, they're just quite rare. You know, people don't think, wake up and think, I want a Q2 today. Um, so it needs to be marketed well and presented well. And in terms of price, I'd say around 75000 somewhere there. I mean... Right. I just had a quick look on Dubiz and there isn't actually one for sale at the moment. I mean, the Q3s are around 90,000, so this should be about 20% less. So I'm just giving yeah. you a, a, mm. a guesstimated guess, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't okay. know what your thoughts are on that. No, no, that's, that's, that's good, really. I mean, it's a great little car. I mean, you don't see many. I think if people saw it, they'd perhaps you know, consider it. You know, it's a, it's a nice little car. Yeah, they're on the really like 1.4. Yeah, handles okay. And so it's it's nice, but we're just thinking now it's sort of what sort of six years old. It's mm. you know, do mm. we is it getting into that bracket now where you should think of starting to to flip it and then you know we're perhaps looking at another another Audi, um, perhaps a Q5 or a Q7 again. Very sensible, yeah. Or yeah. a Fender, but I've been waiting two years for one of those and uh, still got nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think if Audi brought that car in now, they'd probably do a lot better with it. The five six years yeah. ago, we we're still thinking with cheaper fuel prices and bigger yeah, cars. Yeah. In this world where we are now, I think they'd probably do a lot better. It's a great little car. Just uh, yeah, as, as Nat says, you don't see many of them around. But I hope that gives you uh, hope that gives you some ideas anyway, uh, James. It does. Yes, I mean, thank you very much, and I love your show and listen to it uh, every week. Brilliant. Thank we you appreciate so much. that. Thanks so much. Fix it or flip it.
We're going to go straight to the line. And uh, good morning, Ash. Thanks for hanging on during the break. No problem, James. Good morning to you. Ash, you've got a, uh, a, a Toyota Prado. This is the one that everyone loves. It's a white Toyota Prado. Tell me more about it. It's a 2018 model. Uh, it has done 110,000 kilometers. And I roughly pile on another 4,000 kilometers a month. Uh, well serviced. No other history of mechanical or electrical failure. All done through the dealer. Uh, no accident history. All clean. Uh, my only concern has been that it's now five years plus. So... Should I flip it? Should I keep it? Keeping that I drive, you know, quite a bit. And so, yeah, I mean, looking for some help, man. I tell you what, Naz, forget about interest rates and uh, and and stock markets. You've, you, I think Ash has got money in the bank here. This is a hedge against inflation, right? The Prado. <laughs> yes. um, very quickly, uh, Ash, it, what trim level is it? Is it the VXR, GXR, GX? Do you know? VXR. It's a VXR. VXR. So top of the range. So. Uh, Honestly, Ash, you've, if you've had this car from new, you've already absorbed most of the depreciation. Um, you know, the first three, four, five years is when it drops the most. From now on, it's going to drop maybe one, two, three thousand dirhams a year. So, like, honestly, this car is still brand new. You can drive it for another five years and you will not have a problem. So, as long as you're happy with the car, there's absolutely no reason to get rid of this car whatsoever. You know, it's worth 100 and, what, 120, 125,000 today. It'll be worth that this time next year, maybe 115 the year after, maybe 110, 105 the year after that. So, you know, you're really holding on something that has good residual value, um, low maintenance. You know the car well. It's not going to give you any problems. I, I would not get rid of this car if you're happy with it. Uh, I'm happy with the car. It's just that someone told me, you know, the electric cars are coming and, you know, it's a gasoline gun. So just start considering leaving and moving towards that's the car, like I, my opinion stick with what you've got yeah and not only that <laughs> you know what we're all going to be driving boring hair dry electric cars in five ten years so just take advantage of these mode <laughs> yes. uh, these uh, combustion engines while you can you, you, just, it, guys. honestly it. up until 2030 there's going to be petrol stations you're going to be driving these cars normally like don't jump the gun enjoy it <laughs> yeah yeah all right thank you so much guys thank you so much no problem no, no problem. problem at all ash i hope that's helped you out going now straight to to, uh, Atif. Good morning, Atif. Good morning. How are you? Very well, thanks. Now, you've got a BMW 2008 model, 730, 234,000 kilometers. Um, tell me more about this car. Okay, so basically I bought it almost 10 years back, and I believe I was probably the second owner at that time. And for the last 10 years, the car is with me. So uh, I just wanted to get your suggestion that, uh, you know, it has been quite a time now. And uh, what would you recommend? Uh, should I sell it off? Uh, because I believe even if I go to sell it off, the price would not be too much. Or I should keep it with me and keep driving until, you know, the time comes to say goodbye to it. <laughs> until <laughs> it stops on the side of the road. Um, so, so, you know, I have tried a couple of times. I just thought it that should I put it on Doobizel or what should I do with it? But I, but I kept on driving it. So I would just be looking forward for your suggestion, please. I think, Naz, it's it's at the bottom of the bell curve, so it it, it, it won't get any lower with whatever you yeah. – so, you know, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'd say, honestly, Atif, today, if you were to advertise on Dubizzle, you will find a buyer regardless of the car, make or mileage. You know, there's always a buyer on Dubizzle somewhere. In terms of today's uh, market value, it's around 25,000 dirhams. Uh, this time next year, 25,000 dirhams. In yeah. three, four years, 20, 25,000 dirhams. This car is not going to go down anymore. That's the bottom for it. Now, there's one thing to keep in mind, which is the running costs. 
Um, so right. my suggestion would be dependent on your workshop. If you have a trusted workshop that can keep you on the road for relatively low costs, um, you know, like a nice BMW specialist, then you can have a few more years of happy motoring. The problem is if you end up in the wrong workshop, one bill will cost more than the price of the car. So yeah. that's true. the thing you have to consider. True, true. That's yeah. right. Because, you know, usually uh, every six, eight months, it gives me a bill of around 4,000 to 5,000. Yeah, if I did at the workshop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm outside. Uh, it's a quite reliable workshop. But even though, as you mentioned, the car is getting old, almost, uh, you know, quite old now. So that's why uh, I, I, I thought I should uh, get a you know suggestion from you guys as well. If the car's yeah. running fine, that that's yeah, okay. Exactly. But 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 shop around for workshops if they're uh, if they're getting four grand out of you every couple of months. So yeah, exactly. That, that should be ringing some alarm bells in my head. Yeah. I would think. True, 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 true. Brilliant. All right. All right. That's all it. Right. All, thanks, the, thanks all, so much. all the, the best, best with that Thank one. You. And uh, going now very quickly to uh, Mazamil. Good morning, Mazamil. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? Very, Very well, good. thanks. Very well. Uh, now you, you've sent us here a message saying you've uh, you've got a you've got a growing family and uh, you're looking for a minivan like the the Previa. Um, yes. But uh, have you, what what what's been on your radar so far? Uh, so right now, uh, I've 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 called a few dealers like uh, Toyota itself, Honda, and and Kia. Those are the three I know here. Uh, so uh, Toyota and Honda, sorry, Toyota doesn't sell the Previa, and Honda doesn't sell the Odyssey. So the only one that does sell a minivan is the Kia with with the caravan. Mm. Uh, now again, I'm from Canada. I've lived there for 10, 15 years. I've come here now. I just the minivan seems comfortable for me. I have a Land Cruiser as a second car, but with the car seats, I can only fit two. two yeah. With two, two two people in the car because the back seat is just turned down with the with the stroller inside. Yeah. So a minivan just seems a bit more practical for me, but. <laughs> Uh, do you have any idea if Toyota is ever going to sell the Previa here officially or the Honda, the Odyssey? It's, 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 a, it's a tough one because this is an SUV market. Very, very few minivans uh -huh. are here. Um, and it's interesting that, that you're specifically looking for that, and I, I applaud you for that because you're, you're looking for a car to carry the family as a primary uh, uh, reason for getting a large car rather than, than off-roading. But, but Naz, it's, uh, it's hard to, to find those who have got minivans now in the market because everyone... For every minivan you sell, you're probably selling 10 SUVs. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So now with the shortage of new cars and the dealers are always trying to get hold of the fastest moving stock. So the last mm. thing they're going to stock up in the new main dealers is uh, the minivans. Yeah. Uh, however, what I would recommend is keep an eye on Dubizzle because yep. I have seen, you know, they come and go all the time. And if you just run a like a, a search, you know, the safe search. So if it comes up, they'll, they'll notify you with an email. You can actually do that on Dubizzle. And, uh, yeah. you know, there, a Privia comes up every once in a while. I've seen the Honda Odysseys come up once yeah. in a while. Um, and I'm pretty sure I, that... And ha have a look also, um, Ma yeah. Mazumul, at the independent dealers as well. They, they might bring in some stuff from Japan that, uh, that that's not sold through the official dealers. You mm. may be able to find a, a, a Previa or an Odyssey particularly through some of the independent dealers who will bring them in separately. I've seen them, actually. I, I have seen them uh, at, uh, at the independent dealers. I just, I just want to know... Is it worth uh, buying to an independent dealer? And like, if I want to sell it down the line, is that a problem? Selling something that's not due to the spec? Yeah, that that is that is the risk. Just make sure that the that you've got the paperwork with you. Make sure that you've got uh, uh, that that you can on sell the car. Um, but if it if if it stacks up 
and if you are looking for a minivan and they're hard to find through the official dealerships, at least take it for a drive and, and have a chat and see what's there. The biggest advice I can give you as we're coming to the end of the show is if you do find an American spec car, make sure you're in a Carfax to make sure there's no accident history. And that mm. goes to a lot of people who bought American spec cars That's without cool. knowing the accident history. So as long as it's got clean accident record, uh, taken to independent okay. specialist, pay 500 dirhams, get an independent inspection report done. I think Dubizel does that as well. Um, and then you can buy a grey import car at a fraction of the value, but then, of course, you sell it at a fraction of the value as well. I have one last question, if you don't mind. Yep, very have quickly. You, uh, do you have any idea about the Kia Caravan? Do you have any insights as to how it is or how it's not? Uh, similar, similar scenario. Very, very. Uh, I haven't driven one. And I haven't, uh, I haven't, uh, haven't really had much interaction with with that at all. So I can't give you any advice, unfortunately, on that one. I'm sorry, neither sorry, can man. I. Yeah. No worries. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you so no much. No problem. All right, Thank well, thanks, all thanks the for the best. call. And uh, that's just about it. That's a wrap for for this week's fix it or flip it. Thanks, Naz. Um, Thank you. To, sorry to all the guys. I'm just seeing the messages just coming through. The, 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 I thought there's a problem with the screen. It's just flicking. Bang, bang, Messages bang. are flying so through. Phone calls are flying earlier next time, you know. Yeah, we do, we do apologize. <laughs> and we, we'll, we'll take notes of all these and we'll get Maybe back to you, you for, uh, next week, yeah. for the next show. Mm.